0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host Kevin for our last ep uh, for the foreseeable future, at least. Come on, season, one. Our... season one, <laughs> season one. Season <laughs> one. Until Vampire released, Uh we've covered all their songs. Um, so we-, we If got... there's anything
1: we missed, please let us know. Um, we're not aware of anything we missed. Um, if there's anything we should cover that you feel like we should do let us know um but i think we did everything right
0: yeah yeah no there's some deep deep cuts but i wouldn't necessarily consider them vampire weekend they're just songs that ezra's on i think but this week we got a special one with step we we reserved it for the end we agreed pretty early on in the process to remove it and reserve it till the end right
1: I want to say it was maybe halfway through the show we were thinking about it and we're like we can't end on
0: California English part two
1: part I I didn't I I wouldn't fine with that but I think I think we did want to save a little treat for ourselves and it's funny how you know not only did we get this song as our last one but we got Diane Young last time we got Yahe before that yeah um we had some really heavy hitters um, not like, I mean, let's face it. We've liked some songs better than others, but I mean, this is, I think Nico and I agree. This is, this is, this is it. I mean, this is, this is the song.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely, um, it's always been one of my favorites, but we'll, we'll dive into it, but it definitely has jumped up after this analysis. Um, so I, I, I think we picked this song to be last originally because I think it is emblematic of Vampire Weekend's approach to songwriting and their style in the sense that we've talked a lot throughout this podcast about the kind of having phrases that don't necessarily have direct meaning but establish a place a time a setting like a mm-hmm. a vibe if you will. Yeah, and and I feel like this song is completely composed of that. Yet little did we know when we chose the song to be last, there's a story here too, and I didn't realize that at first.
1: Yeah, there there there's there's more depth here. And I guess I always kind of assumed it was about someone or directed to something. Um sounds like you have a little bit more like info on what that actually is when we get to that i'll leave that to you um but yeah i i always kind of had a sense that there was you know some meat to this you know besides just you know some showy language and it's kind of funny how you mentioned it's it's um it's emblematic of their songwriting style overall because i think someone on genius mentioned it's like it almost feels like there are parts of the song that are intentionally like showy and like wavy and stuff, yeah. but there are a number of themes throughout that keep the super cohesive.
0: Definitely. Yeah, showy. Some words are chosen just to choose those words. Yes. I, would say.
1: I, I think there's a lot of that in the song, despite the fact there's 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 a stream of consciousness throughout. Yeah.
0: And yet it still works. Yeah. So before we dive in, we do have some vampire news. We haven't had Vampire
1: News in a while. Um, Members of the band have been pretty quiet. I think Bayo released an album a couple of months ago. I don't know when that came out. But legend of the game, Bruce Hornsby, is coming out with a new album. I don't know if he has a release date yet. Uh, The title of the album is Flicted. Uh, What I can only imagine is going to be a shorthand for Conflicted. Um, But, yeah, it's coming out, and there's been one single released – called sidelines featuring blake mills but the songwriting credit is given fully to bruce hornsby and ezra koenig which i think is pretty cool um it's actually very notable that you know there's a featured artist labeled on here but ezra's actually listed as a legit you know co-songwriter um on somebody else's album bruce hornsby of course um originally you know was the leading man for bruce hornsby and the range uh the popular group back in the 80s um, I think they have some great tracks. Um, what? Nico I, just gave me a shrug.
0: I've never heard of Bruce well, Hornsby. I, I,
1: I actually, well, I don't know all of his stuff, but I, I like Hornsby quite a bit. Um, fantastic piano player. I think in a rock setting, it's very interesting when you have a pianist that actually kind of has their own style, but I think Hornsby's distinctive. Uh, you can pick up on that um, with his work with The Grateful Dead, um, which kind of had a, you know, rotating door of keyboard players in the early 90s. But I think he played over 100 shows uh, as a guest member of the Grateful Dead. Um, and he's had a pretty extensive solo career. And I would encourage folks to check out the song. The name of the song is called Sidelines. Um, and Ezra, like, has a full verse. It's really, really cool. Thoroughly enjoyed.
0: Apparently, on his last album, he collaborated with Bonnie Ver. So is it's, a it's friend interesting. of time crisis
1: yeah so hornsby himself came on time crisis i want to say in summer of 20 and i justin vernon had been on a few months prior um vernon's music like constitutively was inspired by bruce hornsby's early work which is very cool to me um and you know bruce you know like was was great talking to the guys um talked about his time with the dead talked about some of his songs um Really interesting interview to kind of look back on if you, you know, if you like obviously Vampire Weekend's music, but the dead, Hornsby himself, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that listen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely recommend people going and checking it out. Also, is Hornsby's son a basketball player? Um, There was someone named Hornsby who was posting about this, who was a basketball player.
1: You know... The name Hornsby, I'm I'm just gonna Google it right now because I actually remember yes. seeing
0: his two sons played. Uh, one of them ran for Oregon track and field, and one of them played basketball at UNC Asheville, then transferred oh, to no LSU. Way. Transferred to LSU played there from 2014 to 2016. Interesting. Hornsby himself's a regular basketball player and avid fan of the sport. Good for him. That's pretty cool. So anyway,
1: <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, very cool, very very cool stuff. He's also a friend of White Sox manager Tony La Russa. Um, that's interesting, but we don't need to we don't need to talk about that right now.
0: <laughs> oh Chicago,
1: oh Chicago.
0: So back back to back the song, back, back to the step. step. So I think we got to start with where the song starts from you want to start from the very beginning start from the beginning in that it is a heavy heavy interpolation of souls of mischiefs step to my girl which then before we get to that we need to get to what step to my girl uses as a sample that is used in step
1: so the band bread wrote the song aubrey in the early 70s which is just a I listened to that. I I had known that was the sample of the sample of the sample for a while, but I'd never listened to it before. It is this emotionally devastating song, like really, really like insane. Um, Very good song though. Um, Grover Washington did a, you know, jazzy cover of that song and basically took the the lead singer's name in in bread, took the lead singer's, you know, vocal melody and, you know, just played what I'm assuming was a saxophone over that, um, saxophone or clarinet, one of the two, something like that. Um, and that part of the melody was used in the Souls of Mischief song.
0: Yeah, both. Anyway, listen to all both. three. All yeah. three of those
1: are excellent.
0: All three are fantastic. Uh, Souls of Mischief, "Steps to My girls incredible.
1: It's it's such a banger. Um, and it's funny. I was I was reading an article. Actually, I actually had to use the Wayback Machine to get this article. Um, they were interviewed after. LP three came out, uh, and they were talking about this song. This song actually never made it to a record. This was a bootleg for a long time. Oh, really? Um, and yeah, I I don't know how the band actually found it in the first place, but you know they've had their hip hop influences in the past. There are a number of you know Bay Area references in this song that we'll get to. I'm assuming at length here, um, but yeah, this was actually a bootleg, and I mean it's like a f- official now, and they have like a greatest hits album that you can save it on. Um, mm-hmm. But just a very wild, I mean, one of the more wild, like, sample trees I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, definitely. Apparently, I don't remember where I saw this, but apparently the Souls of Mischief person were asked about this. And they said they loved the song, Step, and they, they were honored to be a part of that process. So, yeah, it's And gotta, they said it's they gotta, wanted to collaborate with Vampire in the Future. Yeah, I,
1: I, that was actually where I found that article about, you know, talking about the song and, you know, their early r- recordings. I mean, they released that song when they were 15, 16 wow. years old. Like, they, they are kids. That's um, wild. Which is kind of evidenced by the lyrics because, like, most of the song is, I'm going to kill you if you see my girlfriend, which is like... <laughs> Obviously, very fun, like, big tough guy stuff, but it's, like, it's actually kind of wild how violent the lyrics are.
0: Yeah, that is true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, Banger, obviously, the you know, the Grover Washington sample is really cool. It's a fun beat, um, and it's just kind of that early, like, hip-hop thing, like, in-your-face, you know, lyrical style, great delivery, great flow. Loved it.
0: It's very much in the vein of a lot of those jazz um, heavy sample tracks, uh, from the 90s, yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, it uh, felt class, yeah, uh, De La Soul, even Beastie Boys to some extent. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was definitely very heavy back then. Um, but yeah, so the song is a full interpolation of that, that's uh, Souls of Mischief song, but they make it their own and it still has that sense of rhythm and flow to it like it's the the, the home run influences definitely <laughs> come through at some parts even though it's not like a rap song but no it still has that rhythm
1: that's what it is, because I mean the the, the the Souls of Mischief song has a as a pretty, you know, like standard like hip-hop drum beat. And this is much slower, but you can still feel the beat come. It still feels like the song is progressing. Um, and then of course we have, you know, that rap remix where it's like, oh, you can see this beat like very much carry the song yeah there's a there's a rap remix the song the expanded universe of this of this of this track is rather significant i don't know if you want to talk about that now or later or- yeah
0: we can talk about it now so it has um danny brown and hemes in the spot um who i know Heems is from that da- das racist which is another great act
1: yeah I've never seen him, but I've heard good things. Um, Danny Brown is actually a guy I was personally not personally introduced, but like it was like I heard I heard something on the, the, the over the PA at a record store a couple of weeks ago and yeah. it was a guy who was signed to Danny Brown's record label and that's who I like like heard the name Danny Brown and then I saw he was on this um, track and it's like, well, that's interesting. Hmm. Very unique, very, very unique vocals. Yeah. Um, and the guy I heard, this is very much a tangent. I texted you about Bruiser Wolf. Um, very unique lyrical style. Anyway, we're, we're off on a tangent. But I think it's fun to find like new underground hip-hop. Do
0: you know Danny Brown is 6'3"? Tall, man. He's tall. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the rap remix came out after the album came out but it did get a lot of airplay, I remember. on, I, I remember I was a, a, listening to XM radio at the time, and all, there was a station, Alt Nation, that would play the rap remix a lot. And Alt Nation has some pretty it good It was stuff. that and uh, Diane Young that got most airplay out of the album.
1: Yeah, if you, if you guys can find an excuse to justify the purchase of Sirius XM, it's excellent. I like yeah. grew up with it because my dad had it in his car, and you know now I just moved you off of his account. But like anything you'd ever want to listen to, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely definitely good. So, with all all that covered, I think we can finally jump into the song.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: <laughs> so, like you said, it it definitely has like a slow and methodical beat, but at the same time it has the flow to it that keeps it going it never really feels too slow but no never feels no. rush
1: if anything it only feels slow in comparison to the souls of mischief song but like you never feel that when you're listening to it on its own
0: yeah so every time i see you in the world you always step to my girl so kevin who in your mind is this girl so I've been thinking about this a lot, like,
1: especially when we get to the bridge, I don't really know who the audience for this song is supposed to be, you know? And I think the song itself is vague enough to actually think like this is a love letter to an actual person, you know? I think, I think, I think that totally is a read of it. I think there's some senses in which this song is actually a love letter to the author. Um, and I can get into that later. Um, what did you think it was?
0: It's music. It's music, baby. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I was thinking about
0: that. I'm fully convinced that music is the girl in this whole song. Uh Uh-huh. Because it, it builds on itself as you go through the lyrics, but also just the fact that this song is the only song in Vampire Weekend's discography that's so heavily is influenced from samples that yeah i, I mean there have the been other reason.
1: samples um
0: but this song's just straight up an interpolation of yeah that's song. a good
1: point that's a good point point. and it's like it's not just a song it's like a because um rich man is like i mean there's like a pretty heavy sample in that but like yeah i wouldn't consider that it doesn't feel as if that track is as much of a like touchstone for members of the band as like this would be like you could very easily see how like a piece of early 90s hip-hop is a touchstone for the band
0: Mm -hmm. definitely that's a really good point
1: i i think i still have a few things i feel about where this could be about a person but i think this probably does read more clearly as a love letter to music
0: yeah i mean again it could be both but I, i definitely go with the music interpretation more so so verse one back back way back i used to front like anchor watt mechanicsburg anchorage and dar salam so the first line is just directly ripped from um step to my girl back the lyrics wait the lyric is actually anchor watt in step to my girl no no sorry i just mean like the oh yeah yeah, yeah. the first four words okay first with back back way back I used to fret that my honey. But okay. Yes, it's back, 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 what way back. I used to front like anchor what. Um, so no, it does not list those places. <laughs>
1: I was gonna yeah. say I just want to make sure the same page with that. But yeah, anyway, the, the 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 choice there is totally intentional. Yeah, they they mm-hmm. wanted to they wanted to take that from the song.
0: And make it very clear what it's referencing. Um but yeah, so what is the link between these four? cities besides they all have really cool names I actually don't know what the what
1: the causal link was here um I think the mention of Angkor Wat is notable um I mean it's all notable um obviously a a very 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 cool temple in Cambodia right uh it's been there since like the 12th century um obviously a symbol of wealth. I think there's a, there are themes of wealth throughout this this song. And this is kind of that first touchstone. Mm-hmm. Um, Mechanicsburg, little known fact, uh, home of the band Poison. Um, other than that, I don't know what's re- what relates all these four.
0: Yeah, so from what I've seen, it seems like all four are very large and expensive cities to live in, in their respective areas. And so it would make sense that it's a sign of this wealth and that he's fronting like that. Yes. I see. He's acting like he has this wealth. And remember, this is about music. So it's not wealth in terms of riches. I mean, it could be as well, but I think it's wealth in terms of knowledge because think about when you were in maybe not middle school, maybe so, but, like definitely high school, you would always want to have the best like artist to reference when people would. You ask wanted to be the guy, into, totally. Like, I mean,
1: I can, I can, I can up this. Like, there mm. were times where I thought I was cooler than other people because I listened to like the Rolling Stones, you know. Um, and I think that there's, you know, there's some sense in like Nico's fuming at me right now. Um, I think there's some sense in which like you have to toe a line when you when so much of like you what you think about what your hobbies are are like culture based you know because obviously you know we all love movies we all love television shows nico and our music nerds that's why we're here um but that can't be your entire personality right and it mm-hmm. seems like that's kind of what's being pointed at here you know what i mean we're like what where we're gonna go from here is some sense of here's how I look at it now you know because like it's funny like sometimes like my friends will say to me like Kevin you know all this music stuff I'm like I don't know anything I feel like you know what I mean <laughs> like the only reason I know the things I do is because like this is a song that happened to be popular in the 70s but like you just haven't ha- heard of it yet I don't think of myself as better or different from somebody because of that you know
0: yeah, it's just different. It's like I feel I feel like
1: that's what's that's, that's being that's what's being pointed at here, you know?
0: hmm Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, yeah, it's a pretty common experience when especially for these musicians who who finally get to the point where they're recognized and realize like none of that really mattered. At the end of the day, it's like we all have different experiences and different influences. And it's more about how can we build on those and create music that we like ourselves.
1: It's like you, you, you know, you know the meme of the guy, or it's like the, like the really dumb guy and the really smart guy in the ends, and then it's yeah. like you know th- yeah, that's what exactly they, that's that.
0: what exactly this that. is that's exactly what this is. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good analogy. That's like exactly
1: that. what it is.
0: So while well, home in New York was champagne and disco. Tapes from L.A. slash San Francisco, but actually Oakland and not Alameda. Your girl was in Berkeley with her communist reader. Mine was entombed with Boombox and Walkman. I was a hoarder, but girl that was back then.
1: Um, I mean, the, the, the tapes from L.A. slash San Francisco is actually probably literal in this case. If we think about Souls of Mischief being a bootleg, bootleg track.
0: Yeah, um, because Souls of Mischief is from Oakland.
1: They are, they are East Bay. I forget exactly where, but I, yeah, you're probably right. Oakland.
0: Yeah. And Alameda
1: is right. not Oakland, even though they're like right next to each other.
0: Alameda is close to Oakland, but it is a much more um, wealthy area, I believe, of the East yeah. Bay. Yeah. The name so, of the county
1: is Alameda County, isn't it? At correct. least that part of the East Bay. Yeah.
0: I, know, I don't know if Oakland is part of Alameda County. I know Berkeley is. Okay. Berkeley's a little farther up north, too. Yeah. Um, I've never
1: been to the East Bay.
0: Yeah, I've just been to Berkeley. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a long drive from, from south slash west or. I always I always forget North how big bay. the bay
1: is massive. I always forget how big it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. For me to get to the city, it's not too bad. It's about a forty minute drive if I don't go during traffic. But to go to East Bay, it's over an hour. Yeah. So.
1: Anyway, what do you make of the while home in New York? was champagne and disco. Is it just they just trying to create create some sort of contrast here?
0: Uh, I would read champagne and disco as the signs of wealth. Okay. And so, again, it's... They're not actually more wealthy than others. They're just fronting and buying the champagne and going to these discos and stuff. While in reality, like you said your experience is just different. You're not better off because you have this musical knowledge that others mm-hmm. don't. And so that that's kind of what I read it as. Um, it's almost, if you don't read these two lines as separate, it almost makes it to where it's saying tapes from LA slash San Francisco, but actually Oakland and not Alameda. Those tapes or the same equivalency of champagne and disco, the same sign of wealth. Yeah, you're just look,
1: you're just looking at it differently. Yeah, it's it's I I was kind of thinking something along those lines too, where it's almost like you think you're doing something underground, maybe, and that makes you feel better, you know, or that makes you like it gives you a different a different sense of importance.
0: Yeah. And that I think goes into the next line where it said, your girl's in Berkeley with her communist reader where that's another way for people to feel that importance where they, they look to these um, political groups that aren't mainstream. And I, I think a lot of this is just when you're younger, a lot of times you strive to find something that isn't mainstream and you mm-hmm. attach to that.
1: Yeah, and as we've talked about in the show just a few episodes ago, Berkeley is very mainstream. Berkeley, <laughs> um, and it's interesting because you know it in the '60s it absolutely was this you know this this hotbed of communism and you know um, you know leftism, um, and I think some people still think it's to be so. And I've never been; I frankly can't you know speak to it. Um, but it seems like not a whole lot of people are walking that walk anymore.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Definitely again mine...
1: you're you're fronting you know
0: yeah exactly and what did you think of the mine was entombed within boombox and walkman that was the line that made
1: me think like yeah this is about music yeah you know that was where it's like shoot you know we're here and it's funny because when you say boombox and walkman you are placing this in a setting time-wise like this mm-hmm. is the 90s you know, yeah.
0: definitely. You don't you don't carry your Walkman around now.
1: It broke. I actually I actually I have a I have a Walkman. <laughs> Why? I because I, I if I want to walk around and listen to a baseball game or a basketball game, I can listen to it you know on the internet and it's going to be on a delay for like a minute or two. Yeah, uh, like that's going to be live. You know.
0: Oh, I forgot that they could stream radio. I guess that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I I have a radio tape one. Uh, yeah. The radio I, I should I say the radio the still tape. works yeah the radio still works um and then last year i was like well shoot i'm gonna try this so i bought a copy of kick by in excess on cassette for like th- i think it was three dollars um at my record store and i realized that i couldn't play it uh but mm-hmm. fortunately my dad's old truck has a cassette player so i gave it to him as a, as a little treat
0: mm, that's like nice. yeah
1: this is what i this is what i listened to when i was an undergrad so it came out in 1987
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah, that makes sense um and then I was a hoarder, the girl that was back then. And so, yeah, it's just like back then you would strive to have as many of these records as possible. And just it would, it would be a sign of musical wealth, musical knowledge.
1: Yeah, I'm, def- I'm definitely not the guy who puts his records on his wall so everyone who comes to my living room can see them. <laughs> definitely not.
0: Which which records do you have up there?
1: I actually just bought so up right now we have Tattoo You um loaded. I just bought thirds by the James Gang today, and then we have John Barleycorn Must Die by Traffic. Mm. What I've been doing more recently is like the James gang record was like six bucks, and I knew like the I knew like the hit from it, but then it's fun to like it is fun to listen to an album for the first time on vinyl.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: Because like, I, I didn't know any of the other songs. It's like, well, shoot, this is kind of a good record. And it feels like more of an intentional experience. But again, not the music nerd, not the jackass this song is making fun of. Definitely not.
0: <laughs> if you say it, does it mean it? <laughs>
1: I'm trying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so on to the chorus. The gloves are off. The wisdom teeth are out. What you on about? I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my bones. So is this another instance of saying nonsensical lines to appear cool and being called out for it?
1: You know, I believe on our very first episode, our listeners can go back and check this. We actually looked at an interview with Ezra where he pointed out this line specifically yes. as a, this doesn't mean anything. We're just saying it to say it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, No, I, I definitely remember that. And that's why you get the response where, what you on about? What you on about? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's great. It's very self aware.
1: But then that next line, I feel it in my bones, I feel it in my bones. It's this beginning of a realization where, like, I don't approach it that way anymore.
0: Mm. Hmm. I, I thought it was that I feel it in my bones is just a little bit more tangible. Then gloves are off, the wisdom teeth are out. Which is I mean, interesting because gloves are off is like a pretty common phrase. Like yes. wisdom teeth are out is not, but like gloves are off, you people know, like oh, okay, we're getting serious.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say the fact that that line comes after the refutation of what you on about, I mean, that makes me think that we're moving on to another understanding because the next few lines are clearly, you know, on the other side of that conversation.
0: Mm, Okay. So how so? I'm stronger now. I'm ready for the house. Such a modest mouse. I can't do it alone. Can't do it alone.
1: So when I first read this, I actually thought this part of the song was about a relationship and, Mm -hmm. you know, an admittance that I'm a different person. Now I realize that I need to look at things in a different way. Um, you know, obviously modest mouse is a band, um, (laughs) House is a genre of music. Um, I don't think that we're meant literally to say, I'm ready for the house in the sense that um, the band's gonna go to like an EDM concert. Um, But I think you could couple this with an understanding of, you know, growing older in general. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, Ezra himself admitted this album is kind of being the third chapter of that coming of age story where you are older, you look at things differently. Um, And I'm not gonna spoil the end of Brideshead Revisited, but I mean, (laughs) there's a certain sense of satisfaction that comes with that, despite all of the things that happened to you, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So again, that part might not even need to mean anything necessarily, but it's kind of, you know, maybe a sense of taking a step back, realizing where you are, realizing where you've been through uh, and just kind of ruminating
0: on that yeah no I, I definitely read it as kind of a, they've gotten to the point of the antagonist in giving up the gun where they were yeah. calling out this person for being ready yeah, nah. to move on with life and kind of settle down they're finally at that point and So, like said, a, a, it follows the arc of the three albums
1: totally totally um as a wise man once said surrender surrender but don't give yourself away like you have to recognize who you are and you know make the necessary concessions but you can still do your thing
0: what surrender is definitely in the top of list of songs that we've referenced the most on this pod i'm trying to think i'm trying to think whatever songs there are definitely a lot of kanye songs
1: yeah um Paul, a lot of Paul Simon, obviously, yeah. but like in terms of like no relation to the band, it's got to be Surrender. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, would, I would say so. <laughs> can, we we a, can we get a who, who, vampires wavy?
1: Let me check the let me check the Vampire Weekday um, fanpedia um, and see what <laughs> see what see what if anyone's tracking this.
0: Oh man, Fandom the fan yeah. of references.
1: So somebody out there is crafting it. We have to.
0: Oh man. <laughs> Was so modest mouse, they were at this. So, this also builds into the theory that this is like fully about music, and that modest mouse they were contemporaries in a certain sense, but they also were forerunners of I, uh, like of Vampire Weekend because like their hit album with uh Float On came out in 2004, and that was, was before... Yeah. But I then, mean,
1: like they had that album in '15 where they brought Johnny Marr on, and it's like for Modest Mouse fans, that's a pretty big touchdown for the for the for the band.
0: Mm-hmm. So, like
1: they are kind of, you know, they were working at the same time, but you know, Modest Mouse was the forerunner.
0: Yeah, yeah. As uh, <laughs> Brian said, revisited says <laughs> <laughs> he was the forerunner. Just packing in the references before yeah. we go. Yeah. Um, We only have
1: so much time left.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, then verse two. Ancestors told me that their girl is better. She's richer than creases. She's tougher than lover. So if girl is music, this all makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because how many times has your parents or grandparents told you, like, oh, music these days, it sucks. (laughs) It
1: was better back then. Yeah. And then we have those next two lines. I just ignore all the tales of a past life. Still conversation deserves but a bread knife. And which is that's such a great line. Um but you're right. Like you got to give credit where credit is due. There's a lot of good stuff out there right now. Nico and I have spent hundreds of hours talking about a band that makes good music right now. Um but you're right. It's like there's a lot of good old stuff. There's a lot of good new stuff. You just got to find it
0: definitely did you miss the uh tougher than lover reference what does that no? what does that mean so uh that's likely a reference to a run dmc album and movie directed by rick rubin called tougher than lover oh that's kind of cool which definitely would track like they would definitely be fans of run dmc growing up so yeah um and then Croesus was a king that was famously rich
1: Yes, yeah. kind of and, going back to that wealth metaphor.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so Croesus was, to give you a sense of time and place, he was the king of the Persian Empire. Oh, wait, no. So he, he was the king right before um, Cyrus, Cyrus right? who was the first king of the Persian Empire. And so I'm trying to think. He was king of Lydia Croesus. Okay. Anyway, that was around 585 to 546 B.C. and Yeah, so Cyrus is actually a famous figure in the Bible in that he um, allowed the Jewish people to worship again. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think the song is about religion at all, but I don't know. There's... uh,
1: Enough of this stuff has been about religion. We might as well mention it. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So and punks who would laugh when they saw us together well they didn't know how to dress for the weather i still see them there huddled on the aster snow falling slow to the sound of the master so these lines are dope they're they're This really is cool. th- this
1: is you you've painted such a cool picture here um it's funny to think about being laughed at by punks because like there is some punk influence in Vampire Weekend despite it not being like blatantly obvious Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think it's just painting a picture of an us versus them thing um the thought of what it's just coming to me now snow falling slow to the sounds of their master you can think of a master as a rendition of an album you could think of you could think of snow falling slow is never going to be to the tune of a punk beat because punk is always you know like 120 beats per minute or something you know
0: yeah
1: um Lot of good stuff here, but this is—I mean, this has always been one of my favorite little parts of lyrics in the entire discography.
0: I forgot to mention, in ancestors told me that their girl is better. They genius brought this up. It's might be a bit of a stretch, but it's a really cool stretch. So uh, I did want to bring it up. In that there's a song called Girlfriend is Better by the Talking Heads. Great
1: song, yeah.
0: And the thing is, ancestors, you don't think parents, right? You think every grandparents are prior. You think
1: generations and generations, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so what Genius did is they showed, even though Talking Heads heavily influences Vampire Weekend, there's the more direct link in that Talking Heads super heavily influenced Dirty Projectors, which, uh, um, which was the direct mentor to Ezra in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And so, so in that sense, there's like a direct music lineage your, your in, in music that band, which is your really music cool.
1: grandparents. Yeah, and also like generations of influence in music are not you know they're 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 five to ten years you know it's not mm-hmm. like like human generations it's like it, it's 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 much quicker so yeah you could see that they influence so and so influenced that
0: yeah. yeah so um so back to the punk lines so where's astor
1: it is a there's a number of streets in new york city right mm-hmm. named astor um yep. and the astor family of course um i shouldn't say of course but um Tell me about the Astor family.
0: Uh, I I don't know anything about the Astor. Family. Oh
1: really? Um.
0: I just I, know, I'll, go ahead.
1: I only did a little bit of research. Uh, basically, John Jacob Astor was like a real estate magnate um, and businessman, German American, and he is considered to be like one of the wealthiest people ever. And this is not like you know, like. I, bezos is obviously very wealthy but like a a inflation adjustment wise like these people were on par with him just like a long time ago yeah like rockefeller inflation adjusted wise could have made up to could have been worth up to 400 billion dollars in today's money like it is a different order of magnitude
0: yeah
1: (laughs) but any this guy was not quite that way but up there but anyway the like the Waldorf story is named after the Astor family. There are a number of streets in New York named after the Astor family. So again, coming back to that touchstone of you know wealth in general.,
0: mm. huh, that's a cool juxtap- juxtaposition then because yeah. because Astor is actually there's there's a place where Coop, it says Cooper Union and NYU art kids hang hung out there. And it's actually only a few blocks from the famous punk club CBGB's.
1: Oh, probably on the um, Astra It's astra
0: Place. Yeah, that's what it says.
1: Yeah, I've if have you ever walked around the the East Village at all? No, it's it's an awesome, awesome part of
0: town. Um, I haven't been to New York since really high school. No, oh, I, it's I, been a I while. Yeah, okay. Anyway, like I went when I had no control over where it goes. So.
1: That's I guess I didn't put it together that it's close to CBGBs, but that's pretty neat.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think it's this whole four lines is all about kind of the punk ancestors that preceded them. Yeah, and being do where do is ne- needed, and it that's kind of why I brought up the Talking Heads line in the start because then it makes more sense.
1: Yeah, it like. Lines like this are kind of, you know, where at first glance I thought this was about, you know, just straight up like a love letter to like a real person. Because you can very clearly see somebody, you know, walking through the snow,
0: you know, with somebody
1: else like huddled together. But I think as we read into this more, this is definitely about
0: music. Yeah. And then I I really like the line, well, they didn't know how to dress for the leather, indicating that oh, yeah. punk punk died because they didn't know how to adapt to the mainstream. Totally. So good all good stuff all around you get the chorus again and then finally you get this beautiful bridge which i think is probably their strongest like thing in their whole discography personally. totally totally um so wisdom's a gift but you trade it for you age is an honor it's still not the truth we saw the stars when they hid from the world you cursed the sun when it stepped to your girl maybe she's gone and i can't resurrect her The truth is she doesn't need me to protect her. We know the true death, the true way of all flesh. Everyone's dying, but girl, you're not old yet.
1: When I heard that line, everyone's dying, but girl, you're not old yet, I immediately thought of you ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right from Thunder Road. Um, Does not mean the same thing, but that's just what came to mind.
0: Mm, I don't know what that is.
1: All right, fair enough. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what what is it
1: all time bruce springsteen song oh, okay. maybe my favorite song of all time Makes but that's sense. that's okay don't worry about <laughs> it that's that's fine
0: kevin's uh ending this podcast early <laughs>
1: I, yeah it sounds like when we're done with recording that nico's just not even gonna be my friend anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this was all the friendship just was all uh parse split. purely
1: trans purely transactional there you go yeah, it's going to be really awkward talking to all of our mutual friends. <laughs> like, yeah, I just don't see them anymore.
0: <laughs> we got a relationship ending. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so this again, all when you look at it from, like, like, you could look at a surface level about a relationship with a girl, but I think it look makes a lot more sense when you look at it in the eyes of music. Wisdom's a gift, but you trade it for you if So even as you go throughout your career as Vampire Weekends on their third LP here, they have all this new experience and wisdom, they'd still go back to what they were listening to in the 90s, go back to it. Like I, I read somewhere that like the music that stays with you is the music you listen to when you're in middle school. And like that's I think that's what this points to is that there's still nostalgia for that old music, even if you may grow wiser in a certain sense. Uh, it's yeah. around wiser. No, I, I think you make a good point.
1: And it, you're right. You, it's, there's nothing quite like doing that the first time like as a young person. You can also look at this as, you know, as a consumer in general um you know and just different points in your life like i'm not going to comment on how much fun our parents have at concerts um you know but but seeing tom mish in concert earlier this week like as a younger person and he's a guy who's you know not old like that's a really cool experience you know to see somebody in their prime doing their thing
0: Mm -hmm. yeah definitely that's true yeah again not not the, not, a,
1: not a music jackass not a music jackass
0: no but it makes sense i mean if even if you're talking it, it's a conversation between um people who are older if some, one of them says i saw uh like who's still touring i guess the stones it's like, My I mom saw Bruce stones. at Soldier Field in
1: 85, and it's yeah, like, exactly. I'll never be able to do that.
0: Yeah, so even if they say something like that, it's still like, oh, lucky, like you got to see them in their prime. And so I, I think in that sense, it could be talking about youth as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's a good point.
0: Aegis and honor, it's still not the truth. What did you think of that line?
1: It's like, I think, I think a lot of people like associate age with wisdom in the sense of like, oh, respect your elders. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, but it should not be like a, you can't do this or your opinion doesn't matter because somebody else is older than you. you exactly.
0: know Yeah. I mean, age doesn't necessarily mean you know. What you're talking about? Yeah, it's like it's like it's like it's a more
1: formalized and a more educated, like parents just don't understand kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, in a certain sense, he's not even talking about parents; he's talking about himself. Yeah, it's a good point. He's saying, "I may be older, but I may still not know the truth."
1: Yeah, it had to have been a lot more fun to just listen to these songs innocently for the first time when you were like, like you said, in middle school or high school. Yeah like the first time i heard acdc it changed my life and then i listened to some acdc a couple days ago and it's it's like that meme where you have the one guy in the one and the one guy in the other
0: end. i've not heard acdc in a long time AC/DC outside is, of outside of football games at least
1: acdc's like actually good which is the crazy thing
0: <laughs> <laughs> they would have been incredible to see live the the thing
1: is yeah i don't even know if they're gonna to tour anymore because it's really just brian and angus
0: do they still dress up in like the schoolboy? so yeah
1: angus totally does yeah like they film <laughs> music videos for their more re- most recent album and yeah that's they funny. still wear it they still wear it
0: well i saw a red hot chili peppers um they released a music video recently yeah where um what's his name the lead singer Anthony? Kiedis.
1: yeah he's still shirtless
0: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and yeah Everyone was saying like he looks really good for his age but it's still like he's still 50s. he's 60. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, he's 60. Yeah.
1: I'm going to I think it might have actually been time crisis that they made this joke first but the week leading up to the chili peppers concert I'm just going to keep telling people that Anthony Kiedis is my favorite rapper. <laughs> yeah. That was time <laughs> that's, crisis no, that's, fun, remember that's, that? that's really funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> As someone who's a fan of rap, no. <laughs> unacceptable.
1: Un- unacceptable.
0: Although is he the most um, successful Hispanic artist in the yes. U.S. Yes.
1: Like I think I think like unquestionably, yes.
0: I, I can't think of another. No.
1: Yeah, like, like I mean, I guess you could make a case that like somebody like Bad Bunny is like very doing yeah. internationally, but the Chili Peppers have been doing it for 30 years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would say Bad Bunny or um, who's the guy who did Hero Enrique Guas. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: I I think the Chili Peppers are bigger.
0: Yeah, I would probably. I mean, less people probably know Kiedis's
1: name, but they know the yeah. Chili Peppers. Yeah,
0: and how many, if they know Kiedis's name, know he's Hispanic?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I didn't know about it until like a year ago. Yeah, I've been so. a Chili Pepper fan for a long time.
0: Yeah. Anyway,
1: <laughs> anywho,
0: we saw the stars when they hid from the world. You cursed the sun when it stepped to your girl. Maybe she's gone. I can't resurrect her. Truth is, she doesn't need me to protect her. So I read all those because I think they're all related. Yeah. Um. So. What is. What is the sun in this context?
1: Um, I don't know maybe like even like close to literally like the spotlight
0: yeah yeah I, I read it as this is them finding an artist finding Eric yep. quotes and enjoying it and seeing them seeing the stars when the world doesn't know you're, you're say, telling your friends i'm going to see this band they're really cool like you should start listening to them and then the sun steps to the girl all these people actually do start listening to them and it's bad because now they're mainstream now they're and deafening. now you're like i
1: had this before it was cool
0: yeah yeah it's it's uh hypocritical but we all do it somewhat
1: it's it's tough you want to feel it's weird that you want to feel ownership over something that isn't yours
0: yeah even though like them making it big is objectively a good thing for yes
1: them. Object- <laughs> totally totally um they sold out man <laughs>
0: <laughs> so selling maybe, out is very good maybe she's gone i can't resurrect her like Maybe she's different. Maybe music's different. Maybe Maybe they're talking about how that feeling is gone. Yeah.
1: Like yeah, it's just how like yeah, it's 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 hard to yeah, it's hard to capture the like oh I found something new, um, but yeah, some that someone's gonna carry that torch. It just might be someone who's younger than you.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of an example of a band like this for me because I actually never felt that with Vampire Weekend. But I think if they had released an album in between um, Modern Vampires and Father of the Bride, I might have. I feel like I, I actually was old think enough by Father of the Bride that I didn't care.
1: I personally got into Steely Dan before this more recent wave of a bunch of people online talking about <laughs> Steely Dan. I'll just, again, just statement of fact if you want my answer to this question. Uh, so there's that. But like, it's still cool. I mean, I still find quote-unquote new-to-me bands all the time yeah you, know, you can you can still find that feeling it's just like looking for it and knowing where to look
0: mm-hmm. i guess a good example for me actually is because it's interesting because it's all context of your viewpoint at the time because the example i think of is actually my chemical romance yeah even though I got into them with the Black Parade, and that was a insanely successful album. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, but the thing was, I was 10. and so mm. I didn't know that. Like I didn't know how successful this album. Was. You felt special
1: finding it because
0: it was it was one of your first things. Yeah, exactly. And so, I think a lot. So when their next album came out and it was different, I was like I don't like this what they do and and looking back on it now I really like that album but I recognize that it's fully different and so it's kind of that sense of losing like you said you you have the sense of ownership especially when you're young where you feel betrayed when you you lose it. Do you think about
1: I, I, I've heard the question posed before. What was the first album that you felt like was yours? Like no one told you to listen to it. Is that Was that, that for you?
0: Uh, it was close. Um, I think Black Parade was probably the second album. Um, I think we've actually I'm, talked I'm, about this before. I'm checking cr- chronology here. Um, so that came out October 20, 2006. And what I know is the first you album. You weren't even I- 10. You
1: bought.
0: were like eight. Yeah, I was eight. So you
1: <laughs>
0: Emo Nico in
1: second grade. <laughs> hey,
0: dude. We, go, we go through it in second grade, okay?
1: <laughs> I had a decent time in second grade.
0: Um, oh, they're super close. Um, okay, so this one beats it by like two months. So the album I bought first that I felt ownership was Don't You Fake It by the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Which can't say I'm familiar, July 18, 2006. It had one hit, which was uh, face down, and that's how I like found that about okay. the album. Okay. Um, and so I started a Pandora station for that song. Yes. Heard all their songs. Yes. That, and then I went and bought the album. Um, so it is funny because this album, looking back, I don't I think it's a good album. I don't think it is a great album. That being said, I still listen to it every once in a while. Yeah. Because it, it was, was really first. good for working out. <laughs> but, but like Black Parade, I think is a phenomenal album still. Like it's top two for me, probably top,
1: eh. top, top one. This Maybe. is the, this is the other mind. one. <laughs> yeah. It's hard.
0: I go back and forth. Um, The answer so for me is yours?
1: Weezer's Blue Album.
0: Ooh. I found out about answer. that scene.
1: I found out about that senior year of high school, and I bought the CD of it. So in the mythical summer of 2016 that everyone loves to talk about, I was driving around in my Crown Vic, blaring the uh, blaring the Blue Album.
0: Your first one didn't come until senior year. I so
1: like, I mean, I had I was always listening to like my dad's music or like pop on the radio. Hmm. So that was the first time it felt like I I had been introduced to classic rock radio, like a really good classic rock station. Shout out 97.1 FM, the drive in Chicago. Um, But like, that was the first thing where like in totality, like a friend had told me like, you should listen to Weezer, like generically. And then I try, I, the first song I actually heard off that album was Surf Wax America. It wasn't even one of like, it wasn't even Buddy Holly, but I'm just like, this is really cool. And I still come back to that, and I still think about you know like certain sounds I look for in in rock music, and I, I love I love that album.
0: Did you not play Rock Band?
1: Um, I play Guitar Hero, but like I feel not like Rock Band. No,
0: okay, because say it ain't so was on the first Rock Band, and it kind I think of I think a hit because of that.
1: By the time I had heard of "Say It Ain't So," I think I'd already purchased the. album I played that version of Rock Band. I'd already played. I already had the album.
0: Mm. hmm
1: also got into green day a lot at the same time but that was again kind of like i borrowed a cd from my dad
0: see so. at that time i was starting to get into rap and that was that was the like end of high school start of college like, hip hop had nico me, yeah me like going and finding different music that my parents wouldn't necessarily listen to mm-hmm but, I mean, not that they're listening to Red Jumps. Yeah, no, it, a
1: lot of it came for me in, heist, in in college, too. Like, The Grateful Dead was a completely organic experience for me. Mm. Um, and a lot of this, shout out Apple Music for, like, yeah. saying, here, listen to this. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I heard Uncle John's band for the first time. I'm like, this is really something worth looking into.
0: That's true. I didn't, like, fully diversify my music taste until, like, senior year of high school, and that was when I got Apple Music.
1: yeah. So, so you also were like a Apple Music like right when it came out. Because it was like, I think yeah. it was summer of 15.
0: Well, the reason, so we were iTunes. Yes. Since, my dad had the first iPod. Okay, and, yeah. Um, so we had this crazy large library of songs like probably thousands of dollars invested. Oh, totally. And the only reason I convinced my family to switch to Apple music was because coloring book by chance came out That's and there right. was a college student discount. And I already had my college email at mm-hmm. the time. And that was like Apple music exclusive. I think something like that. I think it,
1: I think it was actually an early release on yeah. Apple music. I remember talking to people about that and when they were like, wait, it's already out. I'm like,
0: well, it's not for me. Um, so that was like the first. Yeah. Um. That and Surf, which is um, Donnie Trumpet and The Social Experiment, but it's Chances Project. So yes, that's the White
1: Album cover.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, there's good stuff on there. So those two albums were the first rap albums I got into. Because before that, it was just like put on Kanye or put on Eminem's Pandora Station and work out yeah. Like these were like albums that I listened to just for in my free time.
1: I think... Yeah, around then, obviously Fetty Wap was really big that summer, and then as a as a group, we yeah. were kind of into NWA. Um, oh, really? <laughs> in EZE. Yeah, right, no, for because some, uh, for,
0: Straight Outta Compton came out that. I don't even know. It might have been that year, out. but
1: like for whatever reason, our football team we all we listened to a lot of NWA.
0: It came out Christmas of our freshman year in college. Okay, so, so this would
1: have been pre that. Yeah. I don't know, but for some reason, like. Somebody was just like, let's let's start let, 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 all these like white kids in rural Wisconsin. Let's, just, let, let's start listening to NWA, um, mm. and it's great rap. So I'm mean, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna apologize for it, but it was just it was good stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That makes sense.
1: Anywho, where were we? Look at us. Look at us, like like waxing poetic about our music tastes. I mean, that's on the song about music tastes. Yeah. It's true. Um, What do you make of that line, we know the true death, the true way of all flesh?
0: That line's tough. I know the next line saying, like, we all die, and not necessarily, literally, but in terms of popularity. Like a death to self kind of thing. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying, like, in terms of popularity, every band, even once they hit the mainstream, at some point, they will fade out.
1: You think in this you think in this in this sense he's truly talking in like first person in sense of like the band
0: or just any band. Yeah, yeah okay. Even if you like have staying power you're still a relic of the past in a certain sense. Like even Vampire Weekend if you bring him up people aren't going to be like, "Oh, they're like yeah, some new alternative." It's no like, they were oh, early yeah. obama era which yeah, is exactly. like nuts to think about yeah exactly so but the thing is even though every artist loses its popularity at some point the music will never die music's still not old yet girl you're yeah. not old yet
1: it's all one song someone someone is going to do their thing because of what vampire weekend did
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. It just keeps on going. Mm-hmm. But we know the true death, the true way of all flesh. I guess that's just saying we acknowledge that we're gonna die both literally and figuratively.
1: Memento mori, you know. Memento I mean, mori,
0: baby. Very yeah. healthy stance to have.
1: It's it, like
0: recommended for all.
1: Cause I mean, I'm sure there are many rock stars who thought they were going to live forever and they yeah. died at 35, you know.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never really thought of that. Like, Memento Mori could be... Um, is a good thing to think about in a figurative sense as well.
1: It's cool to think about, like...
0: I also, mean, a lot, obviously, we... a lot of
1: people get into jams. Like, like for example, Kurt Cobain is a deeply troubled person. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but, like, if you have a chance to, like, think of the artist that, like, kind of sort of, you know, made it. Like, I remember I was reading Jeff Tweedy's book a couple months ago, and it's like, he in the early 2000s, was a heavy addict. And there were times where, like, he thought he wasn't going to make it, and he mm-hmm. was still able to think from that reference frame and think, like, well, if I'm not going to make it, I should do X, Y, Z. And he made it, thank God. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's... you could, Yeah, you could take it figuratively and literally.
0: Yeah, definitely. Also, for those who don't know, Memento Mori is just Latin for Remember Your Death. So. Mm-hmm. um. Yeah, very big concept in Catholicism, but also pretty much every really Yeah, I think
1: I thought we brought it up in the show a couple. I think I we episode of what, what it was, yeah.
0: I bring it up a little too much, so probably.
1: <laughs> I think it's. I think it's a really important part of of the life.
0: faith. Well, Nico it's and I, <laughs> I, I, re-
1: well, we were, I were talking about this on Ash Wednesday because it's like you know, there's so much of you know religion that is like nebulous and difficult to grasp. I yeah. think it's important to have a a day where you remember, like, oh, there's a physical element to this, and, like, you are going to die.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, whenever people ask about the ashes, um, and I tell them, like, it's to remember our death, they're just like, oh, my gosh, that's so morbid. It's like, I guess, but it's just a healthy way to approach life. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the same, in the same, in a certain sense, it is the same statement as YOLO. (laughs)
1: oh yeah but it's it's more it's just it's just your your reference frame it's like how you're how you're thinking about it like yeah yeah you it's obviously like kind of dark and kind of scary to think about like what if today's your last day um but like do what you can to be ready for it you know
0: yeah and don't I, I mean
1: don't don't drink a bunch and like go party every single day but like be just be mindful
0: yeah definitely I don't know if I brought it up on this podcast, but the Notre Dame theology department, our shirt, my senior year was um, a skull that said, all love is a rehearsal for death. That is so <laughs> sick.
1: Who's that? Who, who, where did that quote come from?
0: Um, I do not remember. That is an excellent I, line. I'm very uh, careful about where I wear it around here. Because <laughs> some people
1: are going to think that you're like very emo
0: i mean i am but like <laughs> <laughs> um, but people will think i'm like like if you don't understand the memento Maori mindset then it becomes like oh shoot are you just like hoping for death <laughs> like Do you, oh I, my don't, gosh.
1: I don't know if anybody
0: would read that as like suicidal or nihilistic i don't know um
1: I guess you're probably right. You're to You. Gotta be, it's. It's. It's better to be careful. Yeah. Be a great shirt to wear to a party among friends,
0: like that's really. Right. Yeah. So. It was Saint Thomas Merton.
1: He's not a saint, is he? Oh, is he not? I don't think so. I was actually. I was. There's a. There's a book I heard about about Merton's life and kind of an analysis of his Catholicism. I was gonna. I was you're gonna right. Pick up.
0: He is, he's. not. Yeah. Sane. He's. He's not he, blessed he even. Die. Uh, he's he's kind of off. a
1: he's kind of a controversial figure among more traditional people because they're like some people are like was he really catholic and i think damn <laughs> if, if if he if he's not quote, unquote, of work, so. if he's not quote-unquote really catholic i don't think i want to be catholic either yeah um yeah. But that's just my two cents <laughs>
0: What's what's a vampire weekday pod without us going into religion and some Well, point?
1: this is it. We we just did the last lyric of the last song, <laughs> so we gotta go, We gotta keep going somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I think this was a good song for us to end on because totally it touches on the band not only maturing and follows their arc through the first three albums before they get to father of the bride where it's just like life rolls, let's go dad rock <laughs> <laughs> but um it follows that arc um while also fully analyzing their relationship to music which i think is really cool yeah so. And I think I think I don't know about you, but I feel like
1: my relationship with
0: music has changed since we started the
1: show. So it's cool yeah, to, it's cool to end with this.
0: Definitely. I mean, we're freelance music journalists.
1: We're freelance music journalists. Once no once,
0: ta- once an FMJ, always an FMJ. Nobody can
1: take that away from us, <laughs> unless 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 we get deplatformed from Apple Podcasts.
0: It's <laughs> like twenty years later, one of us is running for pub. I mean. God God help us all. all What if?
1: What if? What if? Yeah. What if we get canceled from something we said on the show? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't think we. I can't think of anything (laughs) that I wouldn't defend. (laughs) I can't think think of anything I said that I would not defend.
0: We don't know if it's going to be popular in twenty years.
1: I mean, I said Russia
0: bad a couple
1: weeks ago, and I think that's. I mean, that will age. I'm assuming it'll age well, but I mean, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, fresh more, more accurately putin
1: bad but that's just you know we'll get there when we get there one day at a time maybe that's oh man oh,
0: yeah man, i mean i i i i hope hope to god that neither of us run for public office because oh man i do not want to do that
1: yeah i'm trying to think well, what's the highest
0: level because i think there's parts of it i would enjoy but like, did you did I hear you right? And you saying one of us going for pope?
1: <laughs> I thought you said pope. No, I, was like, I said it again. A joke. Um, <laughs> I have joked on my Twitter feed about running for senator because I'm not a fan of my current senator. Um, technically,
0: like, technically, anyone can run for pope. Did you know that you don't have to necessarily <laughs> be a priest?
1: Let's get a let's get a lay pope.
0: It is traditionally a priest and a cardinal at that but there is no rule that states it has to be a priest because peter wasn't peter
1: wasn't until he was you know correct people forget (laughs) correct do we actually have like a hard and fast lineage from peter like do we know do we actually know for a fact who the second guy was
0: yeah i think so okay
1: i wasn't sure if we did to be completely honest with you (laughs) Like, I knew it was, like, we, I knew we, like, obviously took it as, like, a lineage, but I didn't know if we, like, it was, it was touch and go there for a couple of years, oh, so yeah. I wasn't sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely
0: okay. a little bit of gaps sometimes, because one of the posts was killed. People get <laughs> killed, yeah. And then they have to wait a bit before naming the next one, so... I mean, we also had disputed popes at points. Oh yeah, history. you had the uh pope that lived in France for like hundred years. Yeah, like, the line that was kind of, that was fun. Do you remember the name of that?
1: No, it was 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 he one of the Urbans?
0: No, I I'm not even saying the name of the pope, but the name of that controversy. Oh yeah, I know. Because that's something you learn. Not just in theology classes, but you learn in in world history. That's a historical
1: thing, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, European history is like something I don't know that much of. And it's like, sounds just so fascinating.
0: Let me just look up French Pope. There you go. Avignon Papacy. Oh, yeah. Avignon. 1309-1376.
1: That's a long time. Would yeah. have been at least two popes,
0: uh, it was two popes, yeah. One of okay, no, oh, no. it was more than two popes. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, <laughs> seven, and there were two anti popes, whatever that means. <laughs> oh, so I remember, so really, there were only five
1: popes, is what it sounds like.
0: No, no, these were after.
1: But the antis would have probably canceled them out. So seven minus two.
0: <laughs> <Can't put
1: them laughs> out. Is that it's like a positive times a negative equals a negative, you know?
0: Well, it's because I forgot about this. The controversy didn't start when... So the papacy formally moved to Avignon. Yeah, it was legit. It, yeah, it was legit for the first seven popes. But then it was Oh, back that's right. And they were like, "No, we wanted to stay in Avignon." So and there was a, there was a second two, guy. Yeah. Yeah, and those were the two anti-popes. So but then like, then there were three more anti-popes who were seceded, but they had little to no public fault. So there
1: could have been like a like a Byzantine church, but it would have been like Avignon. French,
0: yeah. Yeah. French Orthodox church.
1: Totally. Uh
0: no, I mean, kind of what this, it sounds like. What happens? This, this is splitting weeds because, but, um, the um, shoot, why am I blinking on the name? The head of the Orthodox churches. What are they um,
1: called? Oh, I know, I know what his name is
0: Patriarchs. The Patriarchs, yes, of the yes, Orthodox yes, yes, churches, yes, yes, yes. They aren't, they never said they were the line of Peter, they like, or maybe they're the line of Peter, but they never said they were like. The Pope. Do they like actually claim No, I don't That's why think. I'm saying they don't. And so don't that's know. the difference. So one is like ba- This is your bag,
1: man. I'm just here. Yeah. To, I'm just here to be the the, the soundboard.
0: <laughs> so anyway, enough people trivia. <laughs> so so favorite lyric for the song? You're gonna let me go first. Um, yeah, because I like all of the lyrics. I don't actually okay. like too much.
1: Um it's got to be, well, they didn't know how to dress for the weather.
0: Really? Interesting. I
1: think so, yeah.
0: I mean, if I'd pick the bridge, I'd just pick the bridge. But to be specific, I'd probably go, maybe she's gone and I can't resurrect her. The truth is she doesn't need me to protect her. Mm-hmm.
1: That's good. It's, I mean, it's all good. It's all really, really good.
0: And then final top five. You know, it's
1: funny. There's been so much hand-wringing about this, but I actually think my top five is very is very clear. Um, Step, This Life, Stranger,
0: Unbelievers, Flower Moon. Okay. Um, so, I texted Kevin right before we hopped on. I was, like, trying to convince myself not to just have a top five modern vampires of the city <laughs> <laughs> list. Um, but, no, I, I do think a couple of your songs get in. So... Definitely step. I definitely agree with you. It's the number one. I mean, especially now that we like are analyzing lyrics and stuff, it's just kind of insane Banger. how good it is. Banger step. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of, <laughs> I still think I'll put yahe too, but it's close to all of the rest of the top five. Yeah. Like, all the top five is pretty stacked. It's a good band. It's a very good band. (laughs) So, Yahe's two. um, Three is... um, I'm going to go Unbearably White. Okay, nice. Oh, shoot. I was thinking of six songs. And
1: you can't make any concessions of the last episode. This has got to be legit.
0: I'm gonna actually what did I say for three? Unbearably white? You
1: said you said unbearably white, yeah.
0: Okay. I'm gonna go I figured four. you were gonna put it in there. I'm gonna go for um everlasting arms. And this hurts. I think five I'll go flower moon. Yeah. I wanted to include don't lie really bad, but I think flower moon still edges it up. Slightly. This is
1: okay. No, this is it's a shame you can't change it because this is it forever. <laughs> People are gonna hold you to this. This is yeah. what you actually. This is what this you're gonna get canceled, canceled for. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nico's old rankings I mean, popped up. Our our lists are pretty different than the traditional vampire list. I would say. I feel like I, most most are Hannah Hunt. Um, Step is usually up there, mm-hmm. and then. Like, what other songs do you typically see? Yeah, I, I know the tier lists
1: were pretty popular on the subreddit a couple of months ago, and I feel like they were so varied. A lot of people have Ottoman Diplomat pretty Sun. high. A lot of really? people have Ottoman high. Yeah. And I think Ottoman, I, I, it came on shuffle for me the other day. I'm like, this is easily top 15. Easily. Yeah,
0: yeah definitely. Yeah, we'll have to someday make like a good tier list or something like that.
1: We also mentioned what doing up like an album retrospective.
0: Yeah, and that could be so.
1: that could be a we're bored project because we have no idea what LP five is going to come out.
0: Yeah, it might also be next live show. Whenever we see. Yeah,
1: um, we're Nico, Nico's inviting himself over. I'm, <laughs> I'm inviting myself over to Nico's. It's going to be great. Yeah, we could do a um, Nico and I are seeing boy Pablo in August um, in, at Thalia Hall if you guys want to go find us there uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> we can do we could do us. a live we could do,
0: like,
1: <laughs> do a live reaction um <laughs> the the pod just becomes
0: random Nico and Kevin adventures we, we get a point. hold
1: up of we, I'm down for that I think <laughs> we, we could do like a like we could do like restaurant reviews we could go on hikes I mean it could be all sorts of fun stuff
0: yeah yeah because I'll see you
1: See you Memorial Day at the very, I mean, it's probably, I probably won't see you before Memorial Day. Yeah.
0: No. So, then, Matt and I are going August. to a
1: Cubs game that Tuesday if you want to go.
0: Also, big thank Tuesday? you to Matt. That's so for early. Making,
1: Big thank you to Matt for making us um, mutual friends.
0: Yeah. Shout out Matt. Wouldn't he listens happened. to
1: every episode despite, you know, being pretty adamant that he doesn't like the <laughs> band.
0: <laughs> also, shout out, uh, instagram stories because yeah, yeah. that's how i knew you liked the band because you and apple music it. too yeah um social media mostly bad but social media kind of good sometimes <laughs> true truly truly so with that any uh last words you want to end on
1: thanks for being my friend
0: yeah thanks for being my friend as well and thanks to the listeners um the loyal loyal bunch we we appreciate every one of you yeah the people vampire weekend's good vampire weekend's good
1: the people that have us on twitter i think have found our personal accounts by now at least the super fans um so you know where to find us um
0: we've we'll do this again we've talked a lot about whether we have anonymous accounts or not i think i'm switching back because I went to a science conference this week and I wanted to follow a bunch of people, but I couldn't follow them because my name's Ratatouille fan account. You but, also, you're going to, you're going to have a PhD
1: someday. You actually probably could do the thing where you have the professional and then the personal.
0: Account. I think I am going to,
1: I've known some people that do that. And like, it makes sense. Like people that are like journalism people or stuff like that. Um, I think it makes
0: sense. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for tuning in everyone. And until next time, take it easy, folks.